Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, if you're catching this, I guess we are on episode nine, which is hard to believe. And I've been waiting for weeks, uh, really, since talking to Gabe. Uh, I wish that we could have had Gabe and Corey back to back. Those two are brothers. And in my mind and in my heart, they are um, uh, one linked uh, together. And so uh, today it's great uh, to welcome Corey Shores uh, to the podcast. Corey is. Uh, a dear friend. Um, we know him. I met him um, through mission work, um, but quickly became, we realized that we're kindred spirits over our love for Brendan Manning and Rich Mullins and um, just a heart um, for Jesus and um, for Jesus to be known. Uh, Corey and, and his wife, Hannah, um, I guess we've known you since before you were even married, but their uh, daughter, Ruthie Faye, uh, they live there in Georgia. Uh, Corey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you uh, for making time to come on. Thanks for having me. I'm not as... I'm not as smooth as Gabe is at this kind of stuff, right? He's a professional, so bear with yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> he really is a professional. Dude, I didn't know, so the thing is, typical Gabe, right? So... <laughs> We put the podcast out. We don't know what we're doing. We're just having conversations with really solid people and letting folks listen in on it. And I had put out a couple, and I don't even know how it came about, but Gabe being Gabe, he saw something or, or heard something, and he sent me a text message. And he's like, hey, I had no idea that Gabe was in the game, like a big deal in the game deal and had this 16,000 member <laughs> Facebook group and, and a podcast and all those things. But my point is, typical Gabe, he somehow saw that we were doing this and immediately sent a text and, hey, um, saw that you're doing a show. I've been doing a show for years. Um I would love to save you from falling into the same potholes I did. If there's, if you got time to talk, let's connect, you know, and escape, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, uh, absolutely took him up on that. I'm like, heck yes. Um, so we had a phone call there and then to have him on the show, I guess Gabe, um, is really in a weird way, how you and I connected. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how often I think of worship in St. Philip. Um, probably realistically, literally for real, um, every couple of months, um, I think of those sessions with the space between um, because it was an abnormal week for you all, right? So all summer you had youth groups and high schoolers and stuff, and then there was this one odd week. And it was, there was nobody else there but us, and it was college kids. Yeah. Um, and one of my first, you know, memories of you is A, authenticity, which I loved. Uh, did you see that on the screen? Yeah, I didn't do that. I'm glad you saw that. I thought I was at a Dave show or something. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what? Mine doesn't do it. <laughs> what in the world? Um, anyway, for the people that are listening, like on 
on iPod or podcast, Apple Pod or whatever, and they're not going to understand what we're talking about. So I just made a thumbs up sign uh, subconsciously, and the computer gave a is that a emoji? Is that what that was? Um, I don't know what it's like a whatever. think bubble. Yeah, yeah, think bubble with a thumbs up, which is scary. But um, anyway, back to so the authenticity is kind of take one to know one, you know, and. Um, I would be interested to know, that's a great place to start. Like in your, in your young life, um, however far you want to go back, formational years. Um, like when I, when I met you, the thing that drew me to you was you didn't have any time for the BS. Like you were in this season of life where it was like, I want, I want Jesus and I want to do life with other people who are not worried about any of the rest of it, but just this um, authenticity. So I think that's a great place to start because I don't know this part of the story, actually. It'll be good for me to like, like tell me, uh, share with us your story. Like what got you to that place, even where our lives intersected and you were to this place of vulnerability and authenticity and shucking, you know, what, what Manning would call the imposter. Yeah. Well, I'd probably have to go back to the very beginning, which is, uh, you know, my dad's a Southern Baptist preacher. So I grew up in a very small town, um, Somerville, Georgia. Yeah. Um, Home of four L rodeo company. There we go. Enough. Yeah. 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 Um, but as you know, nothing there really, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. everybody knows everybody's business. If anybody's mm -hmm. listening to this from a small town, they know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about. But mm -hmm. my dad was a pastor and it was all, I remember it's wild looking back. So my earliest memories was, um, it was always the church, but it was always more about we got to do this. We have to be this way. We need to present this way. And my, my parents were great people. They were nice people. They were just doing the best they knew how, right? Oh, like yeah. that's what yeah, everybody yeah. else was doing. Yeah. Um, and so just growing up around that, and I love everybody, all my friends from school, the people I went to church with, but I hit a point when I realized that wasn't, that wasn't for me. A lot of it was re reading Ragamuffin Gospel, right? A lot oh, of it yeah. was my my butt getting land. You know, I get a call. I had a little, uh, there was a worship band I played with, and we played an event for Mount Bethel. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Philip was a satellite campus <laughs> or something and, and like that. Which Gabe led us through. Gabe talked a little bit about that. Oh, okay, so I won't go into all that. But Or um, how y'all ended. You know, basically, they were telling Gabe, you can't do that here, but but you can go do that down there. Let's yeah, you can go hang out with Corey. We don't care. <laughs> <clears throat> I, and, you know, it's just laughable that I was, we. I really thought, you know, I was going to be the next third day or something like that. It's it's yeah. funny how in my early 20s, that's really what my heart's desire was. Mm -hmm. um, and that landed me playing some stuff for Mount Bethel, which mm -hmm. then landed me, I get a call. Hey, you want to be a worship leader at Mount Bethel's satellite campus? Yes. Mm -hmm. I didn't pray about it. I didn't think about it. I didn't yeah. have to. I was selling furniture at Rena Center. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I was 22 years old 
dealing with all that kind of stuff. So I just said yes. Um, come to find out, they were going to pay me peanuts, and I was also going to have to be the youth pastor. And for a couple of years, I was going to have to be the janitor. <laughs> so, so explain to people because I know, and and some of our people, but contextually describe Saint Philip, please. Yeah, so Saint Philip is basically the antithesis of how I grew up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was a church that had been very successful in the seventies and eighties, but yep. then is gentrification is that that what happened when mm-hmm. the 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 well-off white people left yeah generation that turn over where the anglos right. yeah and so the church died because they didn't want to reach the community and mm-hmm. so they were gonna reach younger people they didn't really have a plan mount bethel mm-hmm. but they took the church over mm-hmm. and i was part of that master plan was to bring me in to be the worship leader but then they also made me the youth pastor, which I didn't think I was equipped for. But also, the the big key about this was St. Philip was all all African American, you know, community wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't grow up around any African Americans, really. Not in I may Somerville, be, Georgia. Yeah. No, I, I I knew one or two, but not mm-hmm. not close. Mm-hmm. And I just had no idea. You know, mm-hmm. and and at that time, I firmly believed that if you gave me my guitar, I could go anywhere mm-hmm. and lead what I thought was worship. I, mm-hmm. I learned later it wasn't quite that, but mm-hmm. I thought, you give me that guitar, I can handle it. Well, God put, puts me in this place where once we started reaching out to the community, young men especially would come in. Um, they did not give a crap about how I sang or how I played mm-hmm. guitar. Mm-hmm. They did not care. Mm-hmm. A, even the best I had wasn't what they liked. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I had to strip that away, and I didn't know what to do. Because really, I didn't, I just thought, well, and I don't say this for a pity party, or to make any other people that I had in my life feel bad or look bad, but I basically decided okay, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do the opposite of what mm-hmm. was done for me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to make to make these young people feel accepted. I'm going to try mm-hmm. to find a place for them. And I had no clue. I mean, I messed up a lot. But before long, um, we had a core group of about five or six guys. Mm-hmm. And just they became like family. And then mm-hmm. we set some vision out. We set some ideas um, we were right by a high school that was a really large, is a really large high school, Osborne High School. Yeah. And we just started opening up on Tuesdays right after school. Um, got some video games in there, got some snacks, got some food. And we would feed a lot of kids, too many kids. Now that I know about, like, <laughs> I can't believe nothing crazy happened, right? Yeah, and, and I'm yeah, sure yeah. crazy stuff happened that I never hoped yeah. to know about. Because the yeah. things I know about would blow your mind, but... Yeah. Goodness gracious. But yeah, that first year, especially, I want to tell you a real quick story just to, it doesn't again, even have I was to just be ego- quick. Just give it to us. I was just egotistical. You know, I play the guitar and sing. Well, I was the best worship leader in Somerville, Georgia, I guess, maybe, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There might've been two of us, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm in Marietta, which to me was like Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For real. I mean, real talk. That's, 
when I got that call to work for Mount Bethel, I just saw the stairs, right? Mm -hmm. And where I thought I was going to be, I thought, well, that's about right here. Then this will mm -hmm. lead. Man, this is happening, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. What needed to happen, happened. But probably about three or four months in, again, for them to be able to pay me what they said they'd pay me, mm -hmm. I had to be the janitor, clean stuff up. I'll never forget, got a call from the guy who was the pastor at the time. And he said, hey, there's a dead raccoon in our parking lot. You've got to dispose of him. And I might sound like I know what to do with the dead raccoon, but I don't. Do. <laughs> so and how so, did it play out? Well, so just imagine I got a, I got a shovel. That's a good logical first step. Found a <laughs> shovel. And it was the summertime, too, unfortunately. Ooh. <laughs> so I scraped I mean, that raccoon off. It didn't go easy. And this is actually what the pastor told me to do. There was a little, so the main road's here, and then the little side road where you pull oh, yeah. in yeah, to St. Yeah. Philip. Yeah. Across the way, there was a church, and then there was like a fence with a lot of woods. He said, scrape it up and throw it behind the woods. Mm -hmm. So I did that. Now, I, you know this, but you know you also got to remember this is tw 2010, and I weighed about 350 pounds. Yes, you did. And so here I am in the summer, just sweating my butt off, scraping this thing, and I'm just awkward as I can be anyway. But this didn't help. And then I'm dodging traffic on that little side road with a daggum raccoon on this shovel. I guarantee you they thought, "What is this white boy doing?" Was and I just remember that was a. I thought it's not going to get any worse than this. I don't know why I didn't quit. I don't know why. I just I didn't have any sense. I guess, yeah. and I just yeah, kept yeah. going. But yeah, it was in a lot of ways for a couple of years. It felt like I was walking across the street with a raccoon on a on a shovel. But it ended up eventually getting to the point where some of these guys started following Jesus and. Uh, mm -hmm. And and we got a core group of people that weren't perfect, you know, um, yeah. but I wasn't either. And I wasn't as transparent as I wish I had been at the time. You know, I was unhealthy with food, but I would judge a young man for coming in smelling like pot. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah and so I'm if I, you. if I could yeah. undo that, I'd do it all over again. But yeah, I'm with you. Uh, live and learn. Right. You know, yeah. you, you and change, it's maturity but, and growth and sanctification and all of those I just dropped a theological word. Sorry. Um, well, you paid for it. You it's just it. growth. Yeah, right. Um, but it, yeah, that was good. It, but it is that it's just growth, right? Um, right. So my question, one question I have is, how long had you been there? A when Gabe showed up, and B when we showed up. Well, when Gabe was banished to Saint Philip. Yeah, that, was, and that's uh, his story. I mean, that checks out to his episode. Yeah, because he had came, M25 had been there the year before, but I didn't know Gabe. I didn't like Gabe. They came and messed with the soundboard. They didn't clean up after themselves. <laughs> so, and Gabe was always nice, but I was not nice back. I just yeah. was in a different kind of place. But yeah. uh, then I didn't have any outside of those young men and they, they were kids, right? High schoolers. And, yeah, yeah. But I didn't have any community. 
and I didn't, I was kind of in a toxic relationship with a girl I was dating at the time. So just, Mm -hmm. I wasn't in a healthy place. Mm -hmm. Gabe pops in August of 2013. Mm-hmm. And we just instantly, something just clicked. You know, mm-hmm. I just, first of all, again, I don't really mess around. So I just asked him, hey man, why are you here? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he never came, yeah. you know, even during M25, when they they would come once a week back then. It wasn't based out of St. Philip. Okay. They would come on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And he, he just showed up on a Tuesday. I'm thinking, because I was paranoid. And, mm-hmm. and had no self-confidence, yeah. I thought, oh, they're coming. They're going to fire me. They're going to give this to Gabe. Mm-hmm. Do Which, you play and him, sing? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't ask him. You got a guitar? Yeah. It's like, yeah. What, are you, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But he uh, he just he just said, well, man, I'm just, I need a place to be. And he didn't really go into details. He was guarded, as I found mm-hmm. out. And then about a week later, we'd had lunch a couple times. We'd started hitting it off for some mm-hmm. different things. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking at him and I just said, very similar to how you started your episode with him, kind of. But I just looked at him and said, Hey, didn't you used to be married? Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> I didn't that, yeah. I didn't know. Like yeah. I didn't I just we had been Facebook friends, I think, yeah. just from working at Mount Bethel. And yeah. so and something about that, something about me, I think just asking him that broke yeah. the ice. Yeah. And we realized he realized he could be himself with me, vice Amen, versa. Man. Amen. And uh, we just became pretty instant, like family from there on yeah. out. Yeah. And um, that's, y'all were that way when we arrived. I mean, you were going to see WWE and had yeah. Ultimate Warrior shirts or whatever. Well, it, was, it was, it was Sting. Don't make sting. us look like we're okay, lame. So, sorry. So, <laughs> see, I, I'm never kidding. a razzling guy, Sting. But, <laughs> but um, when we got there, the two of you were, you know, truly, genuinely brothers. Um, well, and that was just not even a year in the first yeah. time y'all came in because 2014, I wasn't, he already had Savannah Purdue, uh, I was her name Savannah. at the time. She was yeah. the worship leader of M25 in 2014. Okay. Um, but there was a couple nights that she wasn't able to lead. And mm-hmm. so I got to lead worship with y'all. So and y'all I were remember, the first. My remembrance of that is it was so refreshing and so encouraging. And I remember after that session and our breakout, I actually told um, Brooke and um, uh, Charity, or I don't know if Charity, I, whoever the leaders were, I don't remember at the time, there was such an influx and turnover. But whoever the leaders were, when we had our deal, I told them, I said, um, that guy was worshiping and we just happened to be in the room. And that was, in all honesty, the first time that I could say that, that it there was no performance. It wasn't a person that was on a track or, or you know, trying to do the whole thing. It literally was, what I remember was you throwing your head back, eyes closed, and just praising God. Hmm. And, and that could have been with people in the room or not. And uh, uh, each session was that way. And then... Do you remember, maybe we could get to it later, but do you remember, so there was, I don't know all the inner workings and the details, but there was a year that we weren't able to go back to St. Philip, I don't know, and we were actually at Mount Bethel, and we were in some other chapel or some other space. Do you remember that night? Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, St. Philip had closed down. 
I was working. Okay. We were all, we were all. I was working at Mount Bethel at the time as the student worship pastor. But yeah, okay. that was that's a night that I almost can. That was one of the most tangible nights I felt the Holy Spirit just Me in too. my life. Me too. I remember us singing uh, "Greater You Lord," which I know isn't. I mean, a billion people have sung that song, but over something, and, over, and I've yeah. sung it a million times. Yeah. But even thinking about that night with not a lot of people, right? Like no. I think that was. It maybe was 15 to 20 people in that chapel, but we got to spread yeah. out. Yeah. It was very special. And the Spirit of God moved in there. And, and um, yeah, but the, for me, those first few nights or the first week there at St. Philip was that way. Um, mm. And it was, I thank you for that, um, genuinely, because that was the first time in my life, in ministry anyway, that I'd been in an environment where it wasn't a production. There was no, it was, it was a person, a guitar, um, and, and genuine worship. Um, So thank you for that. And that, from that point forward, uh, any other rooms I found myself in. Now, what I will say is Connor, um, there's only two people that I can say that about. Um, and that would be you and, and Connor, um. As far as leading people, you know, I would like to know your thoughts on this. So a lot of times I talk about worship and music specifically and being the vehicle that picks people up on the corner of the world and ushers them in and drops them off in the throne room. Mm. Um, You know, people talk about music being worship, but music is a piece or a part of the process of worship and um what are, what are your thoughts on that, this idea that worship can be a vehicle that picks people up on the corner of the world and ushers them into preparatory, mentally, emotionally, in a heart way, brings them into the presence of the throne? Well, I, th- I think for me, and I want to skirt, hope, hopefully I never sound pretentious, but if I do, I apologize in advance. But You, you, you couldn't know, music- if you tried. <laughs> oh, I could. but um no if you think about even taking church and and all that stuff out of it at first right music is a universal language right Mm -hmm. like yeah my goodness live you can watch live videos of any of your favorite bands Mm -hmm. and they can be like i got a buddy who saw radiohead and i don't necessarily get radiohead but he got to see radiohead in brazil wow Okay. And these people do not speak English, mm-hmm. but they're singing every line. You know, they're singing, I'm a creep. Yeah, I'm yeah. a weirdo. Yeah, they yeah. don't necessarily know what even that means, but the feeling is there, right? Mm-hmm. So I think music does that. And of course, God created everything, especially good. And I think that feeling of unification is good. So of course, mm-hmm. when you take some intentionality about that and you're mm-hmm. singing songs that you're you're inviting the holy spirit into right mm-hmm. and you're you're seeking out god to do something it's going to the same way that people that don't speak a language can get the emotion mm-hmm. people that don't know god that's a that's a quick way to i think encounter the holy spirit that's good yeah yeah and often in spite of ourselves right like mm-hmm. um Recently, I've been figuring out how much 
back then, and even still now, but back then especially, it was like Brendan Manning talks about his real drug of choice was a pat on the back. Oh, yeah. So I would like to say that I sang and I worshiped back then, and it was all for God. But every part of me was thinking, man, I hope that guy that likes Dave Matthews thinks I'm good. Right? I just <laughs> yeah. had to. It just, and it's just, that's a human condition. But yeah. I think yeah. fighting through it, right? Like, not to talk in a circle, but I heard there's this, uh, there's a singer, Sean Mendez. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, he's a huge singer. Mm-hmm. And he grew up agnostic. And I heard him talking about hearing Maverick City sing, I think at the Grammys. Okay. And how he, it was the first time in his life he thought, oh, there's a God. Mm-hmm. And he said he, he didn't he didn't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. but he heard Gyra. He heard them sing Gyra. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even know the song. There's a video clip if people Google it, but, but how much more does he love you? How much more does he love you? And he said, it just blew his mind. And he felt mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, right? A kid, mm-hmm. a guy who grew up agnostic, sitting here at the Grammys, Mm-hmm. having an encounter with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. because people got out of their own way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just decided, Hey, we're going to just worship God. So that to yeah. me is what we need to do. Yeah. Um, that's what I try to do now. Yeah. So where are you now? I don't want to jump too far ahead in the yeah. story because at some point I want to get to you and M25 and Hannah yeah. and just kind of God's faithfulness in your life in that way. But, uh, we can, we can hop back to that. Where are you now? What are you doing now? What's that season like? What's it been like? What is it like? So I, I'll just tell you, I was, I was wondering if this was gonna. So, um, so my dad, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for it. Sure. Go for it. This is a long answer. I'm sorry, but it's going to be worth it. I promise you. Go for it. Um, my dad, his birth mom passed away uh, when he was seven or eight years old. He was okay. in the car with his little brother, and she got hit by a train. And they were in the, the car with her. Oh, no. He only had a broken arm. His little brother had scratches, but she passed away. Oh no! Then his dad started abusing drugs and alcohol, and then started abusing them. Okay? Mm-hmm. Severely, um, really bad stuff happened. His little brother ended up. <laughs> passing away um, from abuse. Hmm. I believe, and his name was Danny. And I think he was, it was a couple years living in that abuse. My dad got pulled out of it by a Southern Baptist preacher from Rome, Georgia. He was living in, they lived in New Orleans at the time. Okay. So that's how my dad, then that pastor ended up going to Summerville, Georgia that's where he met my my dad met my mom, fell in love, you know. They made their life in Somerville. Well, my dad, he had a pretty good he was never going to beat me, right? He wanted that to stop. But he he made a uh, his his idea, his best laid plan was to he he sat me down in first grade. I got in a little bit of trouble and he said, "Corey, I'm not going to abuse you, but if you're going to be a bad boy, and he drove me to the Family and Children's Services of Somerville, Georgia, and he said, I don't want to, but I'll put you up for adoption if you're, if you're bad. What in the world? 
he's doing the best he could. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know yeah, that now. No, I, yeah. What I didn't know was my mama had no idea about that. You know, like I, I just remember, yeah. and I remember like the next time, like I talked in school or something, just this fear. Yeah. Right. This fear of like, oh no, I'm never going to see my mama again. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Mm-hmm. And again, not to, so I, in the past year, some things happened and I realized how big of a deal that was, how I couldn't yeah. just sweep that under the rug and how a lot of the approval stuff yeah, came from a place of that foundation as a five or, you know, first grader, you yeah. shouldn't ever be thinking something like that. But, but that's what I thought. And so that it was never enough, right? Like there weren't enough pats on the back for me to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, Outside of Hannah, that's a funny thing, but mm-hmm. other relationships, that's why they didn't last because I was just so insecure. It's part of why I weighed 350 pounds and abused food, you know, and mm-hmm. different things because mm-hmm. I just was so messed up. But this year, getting into some therapy, getting some help to get yes. some tools about that. Yeah, You want to know what's wild, how God is. I just went through this better help act because like a lot of people, I always knew I needed to talk through that, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how to get started. And so I just mm-hmm. thought, well, I'm just going to do this app. They'll figure it out. And I got paired with a dude who I told him that story, my therapist. And that's not a normal thing to happen. I don't think parents just offer. His mom drove him. He was from New York. Mm -hmm. His mom drove him and his little brother. She was a single mom. To an orphanage and said, listen, if y'all aren't going to behave, I'll. So what are the odds that, that yeah. I get paired up with a therapist? And so yeah. something about that gave me this peace and then just doing some work with that, realizing what God had for me. Really in the past year, I've been able to lead worship and just live from this place of freedom that I didn't know was possible, man. It's wow. so cool. Um, I'm not playing the part of free, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is... I feel like a better dad, a better friend, a better husband. Wow. Um, I didn't, I didn't know, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so when you asked me where I am, I kind of had to, it wouldn't make sense unless you no. knew the yeah. other. And that's incredible. Um, How old are you? I'm 38. 38. So from five or six or whatever, yeah. hop forward 32. No, what is that? Yeah. thirty whatever the math is, 30-some years, um, 33 years, 32, 32, 33 years. Um, So what's that freedom feel like? What is it like to experience that, not in the head, but like in the inner recesses, like down in the core of your being, what I would call your knower? Um, What is it like to know that freedom in your knower? It's just, it's like a tingle, you know, if it, it, yeah. the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, <clears throat> that little move Dave will do on stage sometimes, like if everything's good and not necessarily even during the song, but like after a song, like after yeah. it's really hit and you go, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm it's kind of like that, you know, yeah. it's just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. This is how life's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I'm not. I'm not forcing it. I'm not 
there was so many things, right? Like I was just such a so such insecurity because I thought every second of every day I was trying to have to earn things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that I was never I was probably an addict with food for a mm-hmm. while. Sure. Um, but I'm thankful I never got addicted to other things because I think a yeah. trauma like that could could open other doors. Mm-hmm. But like now it's just so cool to feel this free and to feel mm-hmm. To not have to to realize this is all from God, right? And instead yeah. of I I do wish I had experienced it earlier, but just being thankful that now I can look at Ruthie and, and realize, mm-hmm. like, oh no, 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 baby girl, you are gonna you do it. You know, this is always yeah. this is home for you. Yeah. I'm always gonna love you, but more than that, God's always gonna love you, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're not a bad girl because you do a bad thing or a wrong thing either. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there's so yeah, many yeah. different things. And, and me and my dad have talked a lot about it. And, and he's got that. No, but he's never went to a second of therapy. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he doesn't think he can, especially just with a lot of different things. And I'm not going to force him into anything. And I don't mm-hmm. want to make him feel bad, but we've talked about it. Sure. And I get that he was just doing the best he could, mm-hmm. but he's so happy for me. Yeah. Too. That's a. That's a beautiful thing. And what an incredible gift. We talk about authenticity and relationship. What an incredible gift to have that type of relationship with your dad. Even though you may not agree, even though, you know, your desire would for him be for him to to um you know, experience freedom and maybe through counseling, maybe not, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but, but even to have the dialogue, right? So like a couple of years ago, my dad went through a, a bout of cancer and some uh, intense surgeries. Uh, this is like 2017. And um, through all that, our relationship went to this different level um, uh, to where he began to ask spiritual questions and, I was able to to try to come alongside him uh, in any way that I could. But it's so cool. I guess what I'm getting at is we talk about authenticity and and community. And um, uh, it's it's interesting when that authenticity is within the family, uh, within, uh, you know, parent, uh, father and son. And I don't know if that's an age thing, Um, if we grow to this place to where – you know, we hit a specific age and our parents do. And, and so that authenticity kind of develops. I'm not sure, but it's a, I believe it to be a gift, um, to where we can sit down and have some of these honest, open, authentic, oftentimes hard, Mm -hmm. uh, conversations. Um, and then, and then understanding that with our own kids, what a gift to be, that far ahead of the game with Ruthie Faye, she's two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half years old, man. Those formational years and her childhood and adolescence. And as a dad for you to have that freedom. Yeah. Um, to be able to love her well and, 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 um, raise her without any of that projection. Mm. Um, whoo, what a gift. Yeah, because I mean, and you talk about the freedom, the things, you know, because for so long as, so I've been vocationally leading worship since 
2010. Okay. And wow. so yeah. for most of that time, I didn't feel good enough. Right. Like I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know, you know, cause, mm-hmm. and, and there were, there were periods because music is just so subjective, right? Like there's not one voice that everybody's like, that's it, yeah. you know? So there's going to be yeah. people like things and they don't. And it just feels really cool to realize that's not the point mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I, I want to in a real way, help people experience God. I want to be helping them, especially the people that don't know God, um, Mm -hmm. but just not put on a production, not put on a show, Mm -hmm. just get up there and and sing to God, you know, and just, and just let that be enough. And it's really cool because the past year it's been enough. Now the, the craziest thing about it that really cracks me up, Ben, is this past year doing that, I've been getting all these freaking compliments that I was chasing my whole life. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, chasing yeah. them so much at Mount Bethel. I was even chasing them my first couple of years at Canton. I, in February, I'll be there four years. And I just wow. never felt enough. Time is so weird, but... Time goes fast, dude. All of a sudden, I'm getting these nice things said and these things that... But I don't, it's not that I don't care. I appreciate it, but it's sure. so, I just, it's not the point anymore. Yeah. And I think it's, you, and so I, I'm thankful, right? Yeah. You've crossed that threshold and, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way or in a, in any kind of way. I'm not saying this in any kind of way, but for people who have not crossed that threshold, they do not understand the people who have crossed that threshold. Yeah. So when they when when they come and they begin to compliment and laud and and all of those things and you're like praise God you know uh, yeah you know Amen thank God it, it's not you, you're not speaking the same language um, and I'm not saying that in any kind of way I'm just saying once once we cross that place if somebody's been blessed praise. God. Um, and it really is not about the vessel. Mm. Um, uh, and there are people in our lives. There, it's kind of take one to know one. You know, I'm sure you could sit down and talk about people who are wired that way. Um, but people who are not don't don't get it. And, yeah. um, and I'm so bet I'm so glad that I wasn't a better singer <laughs> yeah. or that I, that, or that I didn't get that earlier because I'll, maybe I wouldn't have done the work. Yeah. What I would say is you are an incredible singer <laughs> and I'm not we, saying that we've just talked about crossing that threshold, but yeah, but I can't let that go. You, you, um, are, you have a gift. I'll say that. Well, I appreciate it. But yeah. again, I, so what happened in January was, I had a seizure, you know, and, and it's, Again, it's been, huh? yeah, have had every two to three years since 2014. And wow. one thing that there wasn't a clear trigger this time, hmm. we did a lot of praying and we noticed with every one, there had been big periods of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the past four years would wake up 4 a.m. or so, have a hard time. I'd talk to my doctor about it. The doctor was just like, well, you're on the other side of 35. This might just be life for you. And yeah. Wildest thing is, I felt the Lord. It was on Ash Wednesday, and I was singing I Surrender All at the service. Wow. And I just remember almost as audible as a boy that grew up Southern Baptist can hear the Lord <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without yeah, having a heart yeah. attack. Yeah. Um, it was just like a... Come on. It, it was just like a all to Jesus, I surrender, I surrender all. And it was just like a but do you? Yeah. Because you're trying to figure out why you're having these seizures, right? And you're yeah. you're having seizures every two to three years, but there's people that have seizures two or three times a day. Yeah. And so get over it. Mm. Right? Like maybe just try to figure out like how you can be the best. And that was kind of what led to some therapy. That was what led to some different the wildest thing is Pretty soon after that, there haven't been many sleepless nights after wow. some real surrender, some some real, it was a Holy Spirit. And again, to this point, and Hannah talks about it, she felt pretty instantly like she had a different kind of husband, right? Where I would be a little high strung sometimes, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. easy to get, not at her, but pissed off at situations, right? Sure, like, oh yeah. These yeah. people don't appreciate me or blah, blah, blah. How dare this yeah. person drive like this on the road? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, uh, Hannah was just like, it almost like probably to her felt like I'd had a couple cocktails, but all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it was just like, no, I just, that threshold, right? Like hearing yeah. you talk about it, what the Lord did through that. And so we've talked about it recently, and it was just like, well, yeah, that sucked. But I, but I'm not here if I hadn't been there, mm-hmm. and I'd rather be here because I don't, I don't do this now. I don't live this way mm-hmm. with hopes of it. Might have started, if I'm being honest, with a little bit of oh, I don't want to be so stressed, right? Mm-hmm. I started doing some sure. mindfulness and a little bit of like stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it was oh, this will be a tool that can help me not be stressed. Mm-hmm. But what's the wildest thing about? you know, 11 months into it is just like, oh, no, no, no. I'll have all the seizures I'm supposed to have, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. I got, it It just, it doesn't matter. I don't, yeah. the same way that I don't necessarily care how somebody thinks of a worship set or a song sure. I wrote or yeah. whatever. Um, it's the same way with seizures. It's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, I'm, I'm still self-conscious from time to time. I can think like, what do I wear on a podcast? Do I wear a Simplify shirt? I don't want to work. I don't want it to seem yeah. like I'm trying too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, that, and that's part of the, when we revamped this and brought it back, dude, all the pretension, the reason it wasn't sustainable when we first tried this, the first two tries is because of all that. Yeah. Um, it was, it was the the thoughts going into it, the show notes and the direction and the post-production and all the stuff. And then, and then you get to this place and you're like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what shirt you have on. It doesn't matter what hat you have on. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter before we move forward. And I know we're going to, yeah, but, but so, (laughs) so you said the last 11 months, with Hannah, it's been like you've had a few cocktails. 
<laughs> which triggered which triggered my memory. So Gabe told me that I have to have your father-in-law on the show because he's building community, authentic community around bourbon. Yeah. So we got to make that happen. That's all I want to say about it. Yeah. I just want to put it on your radar. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Tony. Tony. Talk to Tony. Uh, plant the seed. Ask him if he would be open. Um, I would love to hear, interview Tony, have him on and just talk through what it's like to build authentic community with no yeah. strings attached around a common interest. And then if that relation, those relationships turn into a Christ-centered deal, awesome. And if not, that's okay too. I really just want to build community. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's cool. So, okay, that's it about that. I just wanted to put that yeah. out there. Gabe told me about that. And Gabe, you know, Gabe is freaking amazing. And in that episode, that's one thing that he said. He said, you know, you really ought to interview Gabe's or uh, Corey's father-in-law. Yeah. So, well, and, and I want to say, and then we'll get back on track or whatever yeah, 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 track yeah, is. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. But yeah. I remember because I'd listened to the previous episodes. And they were really cool. I think y'all got close in some of the early seasons, like talking about Connor's weight loss and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But that first episode with Connor of this revamp, I was like, yeah. oh, this feels like we're sitting around, like I'm doing a retreat and we're just hanging out and this is afterwards and we're just talking. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I really have enjoyed it. I, I can't tell you how many people have texted or DM'd or whatever to say thank you. Like this yeah. feels like I'm sitting in a room with y'all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so if that if that's the vibe, awesome. That uh, I think our culture craves authenticity, um, both inside and outside the church. And um, what I will say is, to be authentic is to be vulnerable. Um, and it's it's when we are authentic and or vulnerable, uh, and it bites us. Human nature then is to go into full-blown defense mode. Yeah. And I think the, the pushback for us must be to continue down the road of authenticity the best way that we know how. Um, and so you mentioned you were at Canton now. And uh, so what is that like? I mean, so you've been, you know, you talk about St. Philip which mm -hmm. is where I met you. Yeah. And unless people have been there, really don't have a picture in their mind. And I have, so a uh, legal disclaimer from time to time, I'll pull up the Canton live stream, but just listen to you play and sing and then turn it <laughs> off. Um, not fanboying at all, but just like, I miss you. Yeah. I love to hear you. Um, uh, so just, just talk about that. That where you are now, where you were, where you are, God's faithfulness in the middle. Um, it's interesting when we relinquish and and open our hands and relinquish what we think we want or where we think we need to go. It's like the desires of our hearts find us. Yeah. So, you know, I'd served at a church in between Canton and St. Philip where 
everybody on stage was a professional musician paid to okay. be there. And, and a lot of churches that. do that. I'm not going to okay. judge him. You know, it was, and so technically just, it was easy, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's going to sound right. That's not the case at Canton. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's volunteer driven. Um, we have, it's just a worship team. It's a family. Um, we have last year, one of the, it was a game changer. We started in between rehearsal and the service. We read a Psalm a week and we have a life oh, wow. group with the band okay. and the media team. And we talk about what stood out from the scriptures to us. We share a life and that has been transformative. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. the first up until January of this year, um, it was a typical I didn't hear a lot of people sing with us. Um, it was just, you know, uh, it wasn't dead, but it wasn't alive either. If that makes <laughs> yeah, sense. I get that. And yeah. so it was just, and a lot of that was COVID. And, you know, uh, I mean, I got to Canton six weeks before COVID hit. So it was, yeah. I was the new guy for like a year and a half. Really. Yeah. And yeah. so, but uh, January, this I was, was a couple. New, I was the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was a new guy for a year and a half. That's gold. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, you always want to, the musician in you, you always want it to be as tight as possible, as, as, as excellent as possible, especially when you, it's easier for me to lead worship just me and a guitar, if I'm sure. being honest, because oh, yeah. I know where I want to go. I know, you mm-hmm. know, you have to, you do just have to plan out more, right? Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. it's involving anybody else, even mm-hmm. one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, but having this band, developing the trust through the small group and doing life together, being vulnerable. Um, January, there was a point, early January, uh, where I was so obsessed with, I was wanting them to get the builds right, right? Because it, it does oh, matter yeah. in music, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, wanna, yeah. You want to, if you're, if you're always here, yeah, yeah, then you're really always you. here. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get the bass player to not. I would even type out an email saying, "Okay, and bass player come in at verse two, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And it was improving some. And all of a sudden, it was one of them mornings, right? Like where mm-hmm. I was just. And again, this is before therapy. This is you know. Mm-hmm. This was a couple weeks before a seizure. So looking now, I was so stressed out, right? Because yeah. I was trying to still impress people. Yeah. Um, about halfway in of that. Mm-hmm. But I looked at this sweet, he's he's in his late 60s. He's a nice guy, Tom. And we're playing this song. And it starts off as a lot of worship songs do, very soft in the beginning. And old Tom is just thumping that bass. Boom, boom, boom. And I just stopped everything. And I swear, Ben, I thought this sounded nice in my head. (laughs) Whatever comes next is not going to be good. I said, do y'all even read my emails? (laughs) (laughs) In my head, I meant that as in, is there a better way to get the information to you? Thankfully, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, there had been some. Because if I'd been Tom, I probably would have just 
took my base and went home. Walked off. Yeah, yeah. For right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, yeah. but I, I, from talking to him afterwards, it was he knew me. Right. Mm-hmm. He knew through not just showing up and playing music and then mm-hmm. leaving, but. Mm-hmm. I apologized instantly. As soon as the words, it's one of those things where you say the words and you you mm-hmm. can see them like that mm-hmm. weird thumbs up bubble that yeah. you had earlier. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And I couldn't get them back in, right? Yeah. And so I just yeah. instantly said, "I'm so sorry." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which isn't exercised enough in our in our society. No, and I I owned it, and I just yeah. said to the whole team too, right yeah. in my microphone. I didn't just pull them aside. I said that was. That's not how I intended it, but that doesn't matter. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that in mm-hmm. any way. Mm-hmm. Um, I care about y'all more than I care about excellence in music. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and I honestly don't think God cares that much about when the bass comes in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And something, something in the atmosphere about that that started something. And all of a sudden, these daggum Methodists just started singing a couple of weeks later. Really? Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I think part of it was I wasn't so uptight. It was that yeah. some of that, the therapy stuff, the different things. Yeah. But like, there has been a movement of the Holy Spirit um, at this church. Things that I would have never believed. Some spontaneous mm-hmm. stuff. Some mm-hmm. um, really cool stuff. But I could take it back to that time of just owning, messing up, not yeah. leading right. Cause I've been led wrong. Right. And so mm-hmm. I fell into some of those same traps. And so from that moment on, I don't write a, a lot of emails explaining when the bass comes in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just kind of say, Hey y'all listen to this, figure it out. You know, we let me know if you got any questions. Yeah. Um, and what's cool is the team has grown. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's getting deeper. Um, mm-hmm. But the the coolest thing is just now we've started doing a monthly, and I love it, um, a night of worship in our chapel that I wish you lived closer. Sometimes if you're ever in town, we'll get you there. You would love it. But it's just me and a guitar, mm-hmm. uh, no sound system, no lyrics, mm-hmm. um, no pro presenter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we've got some pillars of that we're going to pray through during the night but basically mm-hmm. i don't plan a set um we just kind of go and based on how people pray mm-hmm. um we just lean into whatever god's doing Amen. and it's it, i wouldn't have believed that right but yeah, to yeah. Yeah, see what you. god's doing yeah. um at a church that is pre- was pretty rigid a few years ago right mm-hmm. and it's it's just i can't get the credit for that but yeah. i'm really happy to be a part of it yeah. And so in that <clears throat> kind of in that vein, let's talk about the difference between perfectionism and excellence. Like you used both of those terms just a few moments ago, kind of different times. Um I think I think people mistake those. Mm. Um and they're not the same. So no. and you can tell me what you think. My thoughts are perfect doesn't exist. I mean, he did and they killed him. <laughs> Right. Um, But we have so many people that strive for perfection. um, And then the water gets muddied between perfectionism and excellence. And 
I think that when we are, whatever we may do, may do or be doing, you know, in ministry or whether it's vocational or otherwise, I don't think it's bad to strive for excellence. Um, certainly not at the detriment of, of people, obviously. Um, but to have that um, heart cry, that desire to offer our best um, from a place of humility, um, understanding that we are the created, worshiping the creator, um, but attempting to do so um, to eliminate mediocrity. And I, I think that you talk about freedom and, and um, you know, this facade of control. Control's a hoax, right? So people think, oh, I relinquish control. You never had control. Um, control does not exist uh, in our world. Um, it, it, by our, I mean human beings, not people who work in vocational ministry. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, when we r relinquish that facade... Um, but we get to this place where our heart cry is that the created honors the creator with everything that we are and with uh, not mediocrity, not cramming, not, um, you know, uh, uh, procrastination and, and, and last minute preparation. It's kind of like... You know when you made that jump from religion to relationship? Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And and sometimes that pendulum swings too far in grace. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that... I'd have to think through that. But but when people make that dive at first, you, you've done it, I know, because I know your story. I've done it, I know, because you know my story. But we go way out, the pendulum swings out there, and then we kind of come back to this place of health. I think in our growth, mm -hmm. um, uh, some people who get to the point in development where they are willing to relinquish the facade of control, when that pendulum swings too far, they release excellence and 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 are okay with mediocrity. Right. What do, What do you think of that? Well, I think for me, what I, what I know is when I put in the work, right, mm -hmm. of anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah, music or not, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. exercise, relationship with my wife, relationship mm -hmm. with my friends, to me, putting in the work bears fruit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But, yeah. But putting in the work, especially if we're going to take it to music, right, because that's what mm -hmm. we talked about, mm -hmm. instead of just obsessing about it, well, I'm going to, I'm going to practice these songs, right? Yes, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to know these songs mm -hmm. so that on Sunday morning I can be, I can worship, mm -hmm. right? Like I can be free and I'm going to put in, put in the work, clanging and banging mm -hmm. <laughs> during yeah, the week yeah. so that on Sunday morning when those lights go on and, and the people are there, mm -hmm. I just, I'm just, I've done this, I've done this for an hour a song at least, right? And mm -hmm. I, I've heard another worship leader talk about that's a game changer and so for me that's excellence that that's mm -hmm. me bringing my excellent right and I, if i'm playing I a agree. lead guitar yeah. part 
I need to play it enough that I don't have to think about it or I don't need to play it. Right. right. Like, yeah. Um, because if I'm guessing or if again, and I've done it both ways, right? Like sure. that's, that's the problem with when something can come natural to you mm-hmm. is you get by on that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, but now getting the, Oh no, I don't have to do this to be approved. I'm already mm-hmm. approved. Like that's mm-hmm. screw that. That's, that's off the table, right? Like that's, that's done. Yes. Now I do this to not be a distraction to other people. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that I'm going to put in the effort so that I can just be, I'm going to use a, a real Southern Baptist term, but a, a conduit for the Holy spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not, I'm not distracted by now. What's that cord again? Yeah. You know, and, and, and that kind of stuff, but more the, free now for me that's excellent mm-hmm. i would agree yeah. other people in my band i just want to encourage them to get to their level of excellence right mm-hmm. um because not everybody's going to be on the same you know people are serving their church i appreciate that i want to yeah. help equip them mm-hmm. as long as i feel like somebody's given the best they got that's yeah. what i ask of the team and we yeah. even we talk about it um mm-hmm. we're going to really dive into it next year i'm working with a, a worship coach to help me figure out some stuff that I'm really excited to unveil. Wow. But um, it's really just getting people to prepare, right? Mm-hmm. I think, again, you wouldn't expect a pastor. I know some pastors do, though, right? Like you don't you don't prepare enough, and mm-hmm. you get up there, and you're fumbling around. And Oh, yeah. And again, the same way for a band, it's not that we have to play this just like a record, and a pastor doesn't have to write out his sermon and Mm -hmm. recite it just like he wrote it, Mm -hmm. right? God can be in the bullet points, or God can be in an essay. The manuscript, yeah. Right? It's whatever is true to you, right? Whatever Mm -hmm. is authentic to you is... Mm -hmm. And perfection, perfection will just drive you crazy. But the excellence, that drives me into more. Right. Yeah. Like the excellence is almost like a, we about got there today. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Getting closer. Yeah. One of my mentors yeah. uh, always says, put your butt in the seat, put your butt in the seat. Um, yeah. You know, set aside time. If you need to put it in your calendar, do it, whatever you got to do, put your butt in the seat, work on your craft. Um and and have you ever heard of or read the book The War of Art? I think I've heard of it. You I should read it. it for any creative. It doesn't matter if you're a musician or a painter or a sculptor or a, a communicator. For any creative, I cannot uh, recommend the book The War of Art enough and it's in that vein it's in that you know so oftentimes as creatives we wait for the inspiration yeah and there are moments i mean there are seasons there are times days weeks where we are inspired but how often how much more are the are the normal times are the uh what they call the the common times you know where we're not inspired we may not feel it but even in that midst put your butt in the seat um, and I, I think in doing that though, right. So that's where excellence comes from. What people see of you and your team on a Sunday morning is one nth of, you know, what they don't see, what they, they, 
that all of the things that you know the, the small group time and the team building and the practice and all the other stuff um, I, I think that rhythm of the consistency of working on our craft um, defines mm. defines excellence right um, it's not perfection uh, certainly not perfection I don't think that perfect exists um, I mean no. he does he he, uh, he does exist but uh, uh, but excellence we can continue to strive for and 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 even in our relationships um, you know to, to put in that to put in that work so we've talked two or three times about Hannah um, gosh I love Hannah so I don't think we've ever discussed this oh, yeah I doubt we've maybe we have but I doubt it maybe so Hannah to me is like a a real life Punky Brewster. Did you ever watch? Are you hip to Punky Brewster? Do you remember Punky Brewster? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Hannah to me, from the time I met her, from the very beginning, pulled in the car. Was it a Subaru? Maybe, but all the stickers on the window, and she hops out in the bright, you know, footwear and the, uh, you know, the hair and the, all the things that I'm like. <laughs> This chick reminds me of Punky Brewster, like in a cool way, like the whole the whole vibe, you know. Um, she, uh, Hannah, uh, brings light uh, to whatever situation she finds herself in. So, um, talk us through a little bit about that for people that don't know you all. Um, talk us through, you know, your relationship, how you met, what that was like in the beginning, um, you know, the different seasons and, and circumstances to where you are now. I mean, we just, we met through her working at M25. Yeah. She actually worked there the year before because she does stand out. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's her own person. Yeah. And so, even before I knew Gabe, Hannah stood out. I thought, oh, like a hippie chick, mm-hmm. something, you know, I didn't, you know, didn't really know her. I knew her car had too many stickers. <laughs> was it a Subaru? <laughs> but, or, uh, the next right? year when I, I led, no, it was a Toyota Camry that Camry. She, okay. she called Zago. Zago. Gonzago was his name. I just remember the Because, of stickers. course, she names all of her vehicles. There were so many stickers, dude. Oh, yeah. All the stickers. She still... Wi- she wishes she had that car. She misses it so badly. Gonzago? Gonzago. Gonzago. Okay. I never knew I don't, that part. I don't... I just... Was it green? Have I got that right? I mean, it was it a green Camry? No, it was black. black. It was I'm black, but I don't think yeah. she washed it a lot. It, was, <laughs> it probably had like some just pollenish black, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, we the the year the coolest thing the thing that stood out to me about Hannah first, and again when we first met, I I had a girlfriend. I wasn't you know, I would that wasn't anything, but she was. She came to St. Philip every Sunday. Hmm. Even when uh, M25 wasn't based out, she would mm-hmm. go to St. Philip. She got to know some of the young ladies at the church. Um, mm-hmm. 
she was just the real deal. And I remember that standing out to me. And then the next year, Gabe and I were really good friends. And I got invited to hang out during some of the training weeks and go hang out with them and, and get to know them. And the wildest thing is, I would just tell these stories during training week. You've heard a lot of my crazy stories. And yes, I would just tell crazy, crazy stories about my life. And I will never forget this. When finally, it was the night. We call it our first date. But this happened September 24th, 2015. It was, we had hung out a couple times. And known each other for a little over a year, like really as friends. Mm -hmm. But just, uh, I remember I finally put my arm around her. We're in a movie, watching a movie, and uh, she looks at me. And I was kisser in the movie theater. And she looks me in the eye and says, our first kiss will not be in the movie theater. And I remember thinking, oh, man, I, this was a pretty classy. This is a pretty classy place to have a first kiss where I'm from, but okay. yeah. yeah. She's from John Creek. <laughs> but but just, we get out to the movie of the movies where I, we had held hands a little bit, had my arm around her. And she had heard all these crazy stories about me and, and just different, nothing too bad, but just I was an idiot. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, we're going to go in my car and we're going to talk about what this means and we're not going to leave till we figure it out. Okay. <laughs> and so, because she had heard these stories about, like, I would, I just would, I would, like, uh, what, okay, I gotta, t I'll tell it quickly. You don't I'm have on a to blind be, date with a girl. I met her at Barnes and Noble. You don't, you don't have to be quick. She, she was, no, I need to be, I need to be quick with this story so I'm not incriminated. <laughs> <laughs> I met this girl on a blind date at Barnes and Noble in Rome, Georgia. And we're just talking and she was nice enough, but she had terrible taste in music. And so I told her I was going to the bathroom because she was all about rascal flats. <laughs> and she just kept talking about rascal flats. And so I told her I was going to the bathroom and I left. And she had my number, and so she was texting me for a while, probably too long, this poor girl. Are you okay? Uh, do I need to get you help? And I just never responded. So she in Hannah's mind, in the she lives in the reality. Well, she Hannah, li <laughs> Hannah lives in this reality where I'm the type of guy that maybe I'll just hold your hand one time, even though we've been really good friends. And she yeah. was just like, nope, we're figuring yeah. this out. Yeah. And so... We got married exactly one year later. Wow. So I guess the conversation in the car went okay. It went okay. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. Now, the, yeah. the funny thing was when I, when I proposed to her, when I proposed to her, it was at that same movie theater in oh East Cobb. Gosh. Took her there. In the theater or did you wait for the car? I waited, I went to the exact same spot after a movie that she told me we're going to go to our car and oh, not wow. leave till we figure this out. 
Wow. And I got down on one knee and I said, I pulled out the ring and I said, we're going to go in my car and we're not going to leave till we figure out what this means. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah, so far. So far it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so um, tell me about the, the, is it a duck or a goose? Oh, she's got this daggum goose. What what's the deal with the goose and I see like seasonal seasonal outfits? Yeah, she's got it's a it's a companion of hers named Sir Goosington. Sir Goosington. That's his name. He's a sir. And he, he gets but he has wardrobes, right? Am I wrong? So many. She has a, a daggum trunk full. We don't have enough room. In we need to have Hannah on a show. We need to have Hannah needs her own episode. Yeah, I mean she's fantastic, uh, but she's a nut. <laughs> <laughs> we make a great team, but yeah, she she dresses this goose up. She's got Ruthie into the goose. Um, Ruthie's gonna grow up thinking this is a normal way to live. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And then what? Your family doesn't have a goose you dressed up. For every, for every occasion. Yeah, for but it's not just Halloween. Like, I've seen yeah. the goose in, like, Fourth of July garb, uh, yeah, Valentine's July. Dressing Day. dressing up as a pilgrim. For Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas obviously. Valentine, Day. Valentine's no, Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so a between, trunk filled with outfits. So between the goose and then Kitty Lena... Isn't your cat named Kitty Lena? Well, well, that's that's I named the cat. We got that cat. Oh, okay. Do you want to? I right. tell you about this cat if you All really right. want to know. I do, um, man. We were some friends of ours from Mount Bethel. We were at a student ministry um, Christmas party. Yeah. And I make a mean margarita, and I made margaritas for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'd had margaritas. And they were, they had two toddler boys that were just mm-hmm. giving this cat hail. They were yeah. putting this cat through it. Yeah. And uh, they had tried to find Kitty a home and had no luck. We lived in an apartment complex, so I didn't have to worry about it because we weren't going to pay the pet fee mm-hmm. that was crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. The cat came up the stairs eventually. And my friend Elise offered the cat to my friend Joshua. And he said, oh, I don't want that cat. And she said, well, we need to find it a home. And Hannah just looked at me with these huge eyes. And I had a margarita. It was a good margarita. And I just said, well, we could we could do it. <laughs> so we've, we had that cat. And the cat, they never named the cat. They just named the cat Kitty. They had had this cat for like seven years. I don't know what kind of lunatic, and I love them, but how do you not name an animal? Yeah. They said, oh, we just call her Kitty or Boo. And so I thought of like the Catalina wine mixer from Step Brothers. And so I just said, well, we'll call her Kitty Lena. <laughs> <laughs> how many margaritas had you had? So it was just one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So that and so so <laughs> fi- <laughs> so following following Hannah, it's both of you actually, but it's 
you know, number one is Ruthie Faye Posts. And then it's pretty close between Kitty Lena and the Sir Goosington. Yeah. Yeah. She loves them both. That's awesome. Man. I think I'm, yeah, I'm behind them, but it's, a, you know, there's a lot of love. She's you're definitely, love. you're definitely fourth out of the, I mean, that's kind of the, oh, yeah. In the post, at least. It's a, it's, it's a whole vibe. Fine. Following Hannah on Instagram is a whole vibe. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's a lot of Ruthie, a lot of Kitty, and yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of Goosington, and then you're in there somewhere. <laughs> so, reeling this back in because the wheels have come completely off, uh, in the best of ways, and we will not apologize. What about her role just in your life? You know, you've talked about, um, kind of this this crossing the threshold and kind of coming into mm. this place of peace what role is what role has Hannah played in that as a mate as a as a spouse so as insecure as I was when we started dating in 2015 mm-hmm. and I was insecure about everything right like mm-hmm. I was insecure about some friendships I was just I was never insecure about Hannah wow I I tell her it it feels like it just uh she always felt like home. Wow. And I I never had to um the she was the first introduction to the idea of a threshold, but I didn't realize it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I never I never had to do anything to impress her. Mm-hmm. It was just it just worked. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for it. I didn't yeah. know um, that was possible. Um, probably, you know, there's been two people in my life that that love came so naturally and I was able to accept it so naturally. And it was literally my mama and Hannah, you yeah. know, and and that's just, uh, I, I don't take it for granted. I, I still try to tell her that from time to time because life gets hectic with a baby and, you know, yeah, well, a toddler, but. Life yeah. gets so crazy, but I don't take it for granted one second. And I'm so thankful for the patience she had with me. And uh, it's just, it's so beautiful. She's such a pure soul. She um, really is, man. Yeah. Yeah. No Again, strings what attached. kind of person, what kind of person, she was driving from Johns Creek to St. Philip mm-hmm. just because she was like, well, this is where I'm serving. I want to get to know these kids. Mm-hmm. For people that don't know, that's about an hour, mm-hmm. um, and a and a lot of socioeconomic change in that hour. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It couldn't probably couldn't be more different. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so side, this is an aside, but was Omar in that? Was he in that first group of like five? O- Omar? Oh yeah. I mean, he was not in high school, but he was. <laughs> we should have Omar on, but here's a legal disclaimer. I will only have Omar on if it's a party call and you are a mediator or somehow help me keep things. There are people in who in our in our kind of tribe who would actually enjoy seeing and hearing Omar. Yeah, I don't think that episode would be for everybody, but for the people it would be for, they would love it. Yes. <laughs> but was he in that early group? Oh, was Omar? Yeah, he was pretty early. The funny thing, and he was a lot, this won't surprise, I mean, he was a good bit older 
than sure. yeah, yeah, the high yeah. school guys. I think he was probably he's not that far away from my age. I think he's yeah. maybe three years younger than me. Yeah. But he was hanging out with these high school boys and, and you know, he was just I'll never forget. I don't think anybody that knows Omar Omar will forget the first time they heard that voice come out of that man. Yes. Yes. Right? And yeah. so I will I was in St. Philip playing electric guitar as loud as I could. This was 2010 and just nobody was there. Nobody was around. I'm just jamming out. And all of a sudden I hear that high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really play guitar really good. Yeah. And for those of y'all that don't, don't know, Omar <laughs> is a large, he's not a small human. I mean, he no. is, he is broad shouldered and just, you know, he's, he's not a small man no and he he's gotten healthy but he's still a linebacker right? that's what like i'm even, saying i mean like yeah, yeah, i didn't just, mean like as a no, knock, no, 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 he's, no he's just not a small right yeah yeah he he's just a he would inti- he intimidates people when he first that's if what you're I mean. just seeing him yeah you're the if omar was walking down an alley you would think oh gosh oh crap. this guy could yeah. do whatever he wants like if he he can rob me if he wants to rob me but and then he speaks then he speaks, and you realize he wants to talk to you about something called Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, yeah, to... I'd never heard of the old uh, Naruto until I ran on with. That was my first introduction to anime. Was was um, I still have a video on my phone of us singing Omar Happy Birthday in a Dunkin' Donuts, and he had on a Naruto shirt, and Naruto's face was on his belly, and I could take my hand and shake his belly, and Naruto's <laughs> face had moved. <laughs> and so we're singing him happy birthday and I'm shaking Nora Toad's face and Omar is just laughing. It's pure joy. I need to find it and text it to you. It's on my phone. Yeah. It's gold. Yeah. yeah, Omar Omar was actually the first person to really accept me. Omar really? was the icebreaker. And uh I we we don't hang out as much as I wish we did. We yeah, we yeah. still do a few times a year and Yeah just because of the way life gets. But every time I do, it takes me right back there. And, I, and you talk so about thankful. real relationship. You, you, your, y'all's relationship was real. I mean, often is, was, whatever. But, but I mean, that, um, those years were formational, dude. I mean, those, yeah. those, those seasons and times together. And it's interesting to see how the Lord works all of those things together. Um, mm. You know, just from an outsider observing your story and the 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 role that that time at St. Philip played. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm supposing Gabe's probably still the very best friend you have, other yeah, than I mean, Hannah. You, you nailed it right. I mean, Gabe and I are brothers. You yeah. know, we're we're yeah. both only children, raised only children, and yeah. but something just clicked with us. It's different, right? Because we yeah. we love each other and we we can get on each other's nerves in a way. Oh that, yeah. If yeah. friends, it's just, we're, it's the closest thing to a brother that we'll ever have, you yeah. know? And so, yeah. um, but it's, it's unbelievable. I'm so thankful he got banished. I'm so thankful for bad leadership that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. kicked him there. Uh, because again, then I, I think about not to get on a different thing, but without Gabe's friendship in my life, I probably never get that push to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, mm-hmm. he, he just kept hearing me talk about how I knew I needed to lose weight. Um, and he just eventually said, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. As only Gabe can. 
I mean, right. And he yeah. didn't mean it bad. He just meant, no, well, no. You, yeah. do you want to get a plan? Same way as, hey, man, you got a podcast. You got this video thing. Let me help yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's his heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even remember when I was in that bad relationship and it was basically over. I just hadn't pulled the plug yet and mm-hmm. she hadn't either. And Hannah and I were very friendly. Mm-hmm. And Gabe just looked at me and said, you realize you could date Hannah if you wanted to. And he was like, but you, you also realize she's not the type of girl you. And I said, Oh no, absolutely not. And so literally like, I can't, the, the, the prompting he's, you know, the conviction that comes through just the authentic friendship that mm-hmm. would never, I couldn't, have planned a better friend and i got a lot of a good friends and stuff oh, yeah. but again yeah, yeah. He, i know that i could call him anytime day or night mm-hmm. even though he lives three hours away and he mm-hmm. would figure out a way to be here that our kids go trick-or-treating they the past two years they come spend the night at our house and and we just all go trick-or-treating wow yeah that's sweet dude yeah that's incredible that dude's been through it too his oh, obedience, yeah. his his story and his obedience. You all inspire me, man. So um, kind of wrapping up, I, I uh, end every episode except for Gabe's. Um, I forgot with Gabe. Um, but in, I end ep- every episode with the same question. So uh, the name of the podcast is Keep It Simple. Um, and so how do you keep it simple? Well, I don't want to overthink the simple question, do I? <laughs> I there is no wrong or right. Just how do how do you in your day in day out life? How do you, how do you keep things simple? Realizing that the approval that I think I need, I've already have, and so mm. tap into that daily, mm-hmm. and and try to make it constantly, and realize that. Before I'm anything, I'm the beloved child of God. And uh, that's all I'll ever be, right? Like there's not a, these things that I can get caught up with, they're never enough. All I need is is to be loved by God and I already am. Amen. Awesome, dude. Uh, I just, before we sign off, I want to plug again. Uh, did you say the app is Better Help? Is that right? Yeah, that's what I used. Better help is what you've used. And so if you stumble upon this, whether in real time or sometime later, um, uh, and and you think counseling uh, could be uh, a, a door, a gateway to freedom, uh, maybe check out Better Help. Maybe not, but maybe check out Better Help. And um, Corey, thank you. Dude, uh, the timing uh, for you to be on... Uh, for us to sit down Uh, you bless me brother and uh, thank you thank you for the time you've been so generous and uh, transparent and I really really appreciate you